Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who streaming on Twitch, taking some names in some Rocket League, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I actually think I will be streaming later tonight, too. So by the time this is out, it'll be later tonight. Twitch.tv backslash SBRavens. Gotta come check it out. It'll be very, very fun. But yes, I am streaming on Twitch. It's it's very enjoyable. I'm like ramping it up a little bit. I'm trying to stream like two or three times a week, which has been fun. Trevor, how would you rate my streams? What do you what do you think of them? I think I think they're very good. I think it depends on um I think it depends on the game. Like some games are of a little course. more in- interesting than others, but it's good, you know. You're you're getting better. Uh, I think in the Rocket League game, that was very entertaining, uh, you know, with you, Aaron, and Josh, you know, going back and forth, yep. and it seemed like you were you were doing a little bit of carrying there, it seemed like to me. Oh, here's the thing, Trevor, here's something you don't know about me, uh, I carry in every video game, every single one. Okay. I, it doesn't matter I who I'm playing with, that. or what game I'm playing with, I'm carrying, that's just, that's that's natural. Um, of course, we have the third member of our podcast here with us today, and that is Ben O'Brien. Ben, I know you enjoy the streams, right? You, you like that Warzone content. I mean, I can tolerate them for like 15 <laughs> minutes at a time, I'd say. Because here's my thing. I don't I don't like playing video games, really. So why would I want to watch yes. somebody else play video games? But for you, Brandon, I can tolerate 10 to 15 minutes at a time. Um, yeah, I'll throw something in the chat every once in a while. I'll try to get a reaction out of you. You know, Maybe say hi to some of your friends you're streaming with. But um, I, I promise you, you'll never see me uh, catch you or anybody else streaming for two, three hours because it's just not going to happen. I can't, I can't tolerate that. Mm-hmm. That's called friendship—a friend that would support you for ten percent of the time you were doing something. It's very nice, though, Ben. I appreciate it. You're, I'm, but I'm, I'm happy to help. Of course. So let's let's get to today's episode because we got a lot to talk about uh, and a little bit of an announcement at the end—a little, little, you know, itty bitty announcement. But we're going to start the episode off today with JJ Watt. Of course, he just signed with the Arizona Cardinals. It's a little bit old news, but it's definitely something to cover. Um, I think it's a two-year, thirty-one million dollar deal, twenty-three million guaranteed. Um, so, Trevor, let's let's you know hand this off to you first. What do you think about this deal and the Cardinals scooping up JJ Watt? Yeah, so I think this is fun. I, I just like it in general for the for the NFL because I think the Cardinals they're already a team who showed flashes of like. They can be one of these really good teams, you know, a, a contender year after year, especially with Kyler Murray. You know, he's super young and he's just becoming this really good quarterback. And it seems like, you know, Arizona's found their franchise guy. And now you get, uh, obviously, they got DeAndre Hopkins in that big trade. We saw what that uh, could do to their offense, that Kyler Murray, the Hopkins connection. And now I think maybe the Hopkins part of it has a little bit to do with getting J.J. Watt, which here is... Uh, good mm-hmm. to see the Cardinals, who did fall off late, ended up being 8-8. Eight and eight. But I still think with the addition of J.J. Watt, if they get a couple more pieces, you know, uh, turn it around with, with some of the little uh, bad mistakes, end of the game, some of the coaching errors, I think this can be a team that can, you know, potentially contend for a Super Bowl for in the next couple of years. Yeah, no, I, I actually really like the Cardinals. I mean, they're obviously playing in the hardest division in football at the moment. Um, it's it's a very very difficult division, but JJ Watt is a big addition, um, and in a year where spending money is not going to be at the forefront for eighty five to ninety percent of teams, you know this was a really really big get. You know supposedly they didn't even offer him the most money. Supposedly the Browns offered him more money, but I actually want to talk a little bit of a different route here. I want to talk about Browns fans for a second because I think oh, this is very important. Now this is very important for a, at least a week or two. I saw many Browns fans convinced that J.J. Watt was going to come to the Browns because Browns fans started a rumor that he was coming to the Browns. Then when he didn't come to the Browns, I have never seen angrier fans in my entire life. They were so upset 
like how that could have possibly happened that he didn't go to the Browns. So let's let's like not make up our own rumors and then believe them and then get upset at them when they aren't true because that's just not a smart idea collectively. But back to J.J. Watt. I, I, I don't hate this deal. I don't love it. It's a lot of money. Um, J.J. Watt's still top in the game. I think he was ranked 7th or 8th in PFF at his position this past season. Um, but it's a lot of money in a year where teams are really struggling to find money because the cap uh, is lowered. Uh, I know this next year it's only 4.9 against the cap, but they're going to be paying him a lot against the cap in years to come. So if we see the year, if we see the you know the the total cap in the league go back to the normal 200 to 210, whatever it is, compared to 185, uh, 185 million, then I think this is going to end up being all right. And JJ Watt is a really good get. They're going to have one of the best D lines in the league with JJ uh, Watt, Chandler Jones. Um, and honestly, a lot of good defensive talent around them. So they're going to be a good team. I'm excited to see the Cardinals play. Ben, any final thoughts on J.J. Watt before we move on? Yeah, so I mean, obviously him going to the Cardinals is good for the Cardinals. And I've talked about it on this podcast before how I like the Cardinals. I like what they're doing. Kyler Murray has played a lot better than maybe I personally thought he would He would be at this point in his career. He's, he's been impressive to me. But I'm more intrigued by what the Texans are doing now because, and again, I've said this before, as a fan of the Bengals, I rarely feel bad for fans of other teams because I feel like the Bengals are one of the most poorly ranked organizations in the NFL. The Texans are a train wreck right now. They're a dumpster fire because you have, you know, the face of your franchise for years and J.J. Watt gone. All right, you lost DeAndre Hopkins, your best receiver last year, gone. Now you have Deshaun Watson who is basically saying, I don't want to play, I refuse to play, and the Texans saying, we're not trading you. Okay, so I am so intrigued by the Texans at this point. The The whole Deshaun Watson storyline was already fascinating, but now that J.J. Watt is gone and he made it seem like um, he's happy to get, get out of Houston and uh, he had this whole saga where he said he enjoyed free agency, it makes this whole Deshaun Watson thing so much more interesting. And I'm so excited to see how this Deshaun Watson storyline plays out because I really do think, I don't know if it will come to this, but I, I can see Deshaun Watson just sitting out this year if he has to. It, it seems like he really doesn't want to be a part of that organization that much to where he would refuse to play. And the Texans, at least at this point, are very, very stubborn in saying that we are not going to trade you. We have no desire to trade you. Um, so I can't wait to see like how this summer plays out with Deshaun Watson um, because I think J.J. Watt leaving made it just that much more interesting and put that much more pressure on the front office to try to handle this the best they can with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I, I just got yes. to say real quick, it would really suck to be a Houston sports fan. I mean, you, yeah, you got the Rockets. Horrible. You got the Rockets who James Harden's leaving. You know, they're like in rebuild mode now, and it seems like a mess there, their organization. Same thing's kind of going on with the Texans. They got the team chaplain, like, running things. Um, and then you got the Astros, who, yes, they won a championship, but they're in this, like, huge, like, cheating scandal. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I would not want to be a team Houston. in baseball. Yeah, right <laughs> most hating, hated team, exactly. So I would not want to be a Houston sports fan. Uh, feel bad for anyone who may be listening that is a Houston sports fan. Yeah, it's definitely a rough go for the teams there. But you know what? Hopefully, the t- if they can keep Watson, they'll be able to bounce back, I think. Um, but to end Small Talk today, again, not a lot of Small Talk topics. We're going to go to Small Talk Trivia. Of course, this is a segment where Trevor and I have a running scoreboard uh, going. And I, what is the scoreboard right now between our, our trivia questions? Uh, well, I've, I've gone, like, ice cold. It's 42 to 35. And, uh, you know, any chance that I have to catch up, it's just getting more and more dire every week. Yeah, it's, it's definitely looking rough uh, for you. So, you know, I think I'll start today with my question. Uh, this, of course, was given by uh, Ben O'Brien, the third member of this podcast. Whether you love him or hate him, I am more on the hate side, but that's just me. Um, here we have an interesting question, Trevor. Uh, college basketball question is actually a Big Ten question. What team has the most Big Ten regular season championships? So not tournament championships, regular season championships. 
Okay, which uh, okay, so which Big Ten team is the most regular season yeah. championships? Gotcha. And, and just because I I, I want to give you a chance to catch up, if you can name the number of championships, which I don't know when this dates back to, so maybe Ben, maybe I shouldn't add that in. Should I? Because I don't know when this dates back. Yeah, to I, have, I don't either, so I'd say don't add that in. Okay, okay, we're just going to offer one point for today. Just the one point. I was going to offer you if you can guess the number, but it doesn't say when this dates back to. Okay, okay. It could just be from the start of regular season championships, but I'm not 100% sure. Gosh. I, I doubt it, if I'm being honest. Okay, so regular season championships, yeah, it's going to date back very far, way before any of us were born, that's for sure. Um, obviously, you look... Uh, currently and, and lately, some of the best teams are Michigan, Michigan State, uh, maybe Ohio State. You know, you throw in there some of those 2000 years. Um, I mean, Maryland is now in the Big Ten, but they were in the ACC. Can we, um, can I let, can we rule out? Well, obviously, you know, what am I talking about? De- Maryland's definitely not an option because they were in the ACC for so long. Um, okay, so Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, those are the three prime options you also have wisconsin who's been very good uh you know not not quite as good lately but you know historically throughout our lifetime wisconsin has always been really good so those those four seem like good uh options for the answer trying to think like minnesota did they have any did they ever have any good runs i don't i don't think so i mean i'm sure maybe they had a couple good years but i can't really think of a long stretch of time where where minnesota could have had a lot of regular season championships. Uh, Purdue, uh, same thing. I don't really see it. Yes, they had some good seasons uh, in the past 10, 15 years, but it's hard to see Purdue being a possibility here. And then, you know, any other teams that you can think about, you know, they've like other teams that have switched conferences. And then you got like Northwestern, but there's no way Northwestern has, I don't think they've ever won one uh, Big Ten championship. So, uh, you also have Penn State, but Penn State, you know, historically more of a football school. I, it would be hard to mm-hmm. imagine them as well. So I'm coming back to those four prime options, Michigan, Michigan State, and Wisconsin, Ohio State. So now I have to figure out which one it is. Um, you know, so I think in the past 20 years, I think Michigan State has probably uh, might have the most, although it's close with them and Wisconsin maybe. You look at some of the older like older years, you have like Ohio State who had some really good players back in like 50s, 60s where maybe they had some really good teams, you know. So I think Ohio State's definitely a great candidate. It's going to be hard um, to pick a team out of those four just because beyond our lifetime, it's hard for me to think about who who would have been the best. Obviously Michigan in the 90s, they had their runs. Um, but I'm going to go with my gut here and I am going to say, there's a chance you could be asking me it because you're a Michigan fan and Michigan's the answer and and you just want to, you know, point it out. There's a Mm -hmm. chance that's the case. So I want to, I want to point out two things. Number one, I didn't get this question. Here's Ben's question. Okay. That's true. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, and number two, we got to remember this is, this is all time. So let's, let's think a little bit further back than just, you know, recent more recent, you know, last 20, 30 years. For sure. So you got to think about a collective. Yeah, for sure. Just, just two reminders. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, Ohio State certainly had good years in, like, the 50s, 60s, I, I remember. And then, uh, who who else? Who else could it have been? I really think it's just, it has, has to be one of those four teams. I just think they're, the collective, like, history of those four programs, I think it has to be one of those four. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with the team that I originally was kind of thinking, 
and that's Ohio State. That's going to be my guess. Um, I could totally be wrong, though, but, you know, I'm going with Ohio State. Okay, so what are the four teams that you were saying? Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. So Ohio State is number three on here. Wisconsin oh. is number four. I forgot about Indiana, so three with too. 20. In, Indiana, Indiana's number two. Indiana would have been a, with 22. a contender, but... Um, Michigan State is number six on here with 16, and Michigan is number seven with 15 on here. The correct answer is Purdue, the Boilmakers, mm-hmm. with 24 wins. Ben, that turned out to be actually a very good question because yeah, I wouldn't know, have gone that myself. Yeah, I, that was... I thought it was – and I had – I kind of thought Trevor – maybe I thought Trevor would know it. I also saw it on Twitter, and I know you two are very in the know of Twitter, so I thought maybe Trevor would have seen it. Um, but it's kind of a sneaky question because, like, you don't really think of Purdue because I don't think they have any national championships. Like, just in the NCAA tournament, they usually don't play as well. So it's kind of, Purdue and, is an interesting one because uh, regular season, yeah, they're great, but when it comes to postseason, they struggle a lot. Yeah, I also feel like Purdue's always, like, kind of good and, like, they're not yeah. great. Like, I feel like they're never, like, better than, like, a Michigan State typically yeah. um, or maybe, like, a Wisconsin, Michigan in previous years. Like, I feel like especially the past, like, 15, 20 years, Purdue's always been good, just not great. So that, that was actually a really good question, Ben. Claps for you. I, I like that question. You, you get a couple claps. Trevor, what is your question for today? Okay. So obviously tonight we have you know some of the all-star festivities going on. So my question is, who is the only three-time slam dunk champion? So there have been obviously many dunk contests. I believe it stems all the way back to 1984. So there is one player who has won the slam dunk contest three times. Who is that player? Um. So I, I think I know the answer. I think. Um. I, I believe. I think it's Nate Robinson. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's won. I know he's won twice because he won back to back years. I think. If I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure it's Nate Robinson, which is crazy that it would be him. But I guess it's kind of, you know, there's, there's, there's I, I, I'm pretty sure it's Nate Robinson. I'm not a hundred percent sure, off the top of my head. I can't even think of anyone who's won it twice. Um, I don't remember. Did Dwight Howard win it twice? I can't really remember to be honest. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure he might even be the only two-time winner, too. I, I don't even know if he's won twice. He, I know he's won twice. I have to go with Nate Robinson. I don't know if he won a third time, but I can't think of anyone else who's won more than two times. So I, my, my answer would be Nate Robinson. Okay, and you would be correct. Nate Robinson is the correct answer. Um, you have you do have Michael Jordan, who won it twice. You have Dominique Wilkins, who won it twice. Uh, Jason Richardson also won it twice. And then Zach Levine uh, most recently won it twice. But Nate Robinson mm-hmm. is the only three-time winner. So uh, you, you just extend the lead again. I think uh, my question was clearly a little bit easier than yours, but, you know, oh well. I'm not going to make excuses. <laughs> next week, Trevor, next week, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sum her up just like the most difficult question possible. Okay, put it in a category I know, but put it in like an NFL or something, but like make it just ha- as hard as you can possibly do, okay? All right. Just as hard as it can get. Like give me, who was, who was the, the uh, St. Louis Rams uh, sixth round pick in the 2005 draft? But the, give me something like that. But it's no fun, but I feel like if I make it too extreme, it's no fun because you're just like, oh, oh just no give idea. it, give it, give me an extreme question. Offer me five points. It's, I'll, I'll get it. I'm not, I have faith no, in myself. I'm not offering you five points. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, well, let's move on uh, to our next segment, which is randomly ranked. This is where we take a completely random topic and we rank it. It's very self-explanatory. Um, today is an interesting one. Uh, Trevor, you came up with this one today, right? Or was it Ben? Yeah, I did. We were, you know, we were looking through one of our favorite webs- websites, which is which is Ranker.com, and uh, yeah, found this one. So we found kind of an interesting one today. It is our favorite Jolly Rancher, t- I guess types, flavors, flavors. We flavors. can say flavors. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I kind of speak collectively for all of us. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm, I'm I, I should just speak for myself. I'm not a big Jolly Rancher guy. There's ones that I like, but you know, I'd rather have a chocolate bar. Is that for all of us? Would Would we agree? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I would agree with that, yeah. So, I don't think any of us are enormous Jolly Rancher people, but as we've learned, there's like 50 flavors of Jolly Rancher, not 50, there's 26 flavors of Jolly Ranchers. Um, so, there's a lot of different types of them. So, I think we'll just kind of get right into it. Trevor, I'm going to start off with you. What are your top three favorite types of Jolly Ranchers? All right, so uh, to start it off, I'm going to go with Watermelon Jolly Ranchers. Watermelon, you know, a very solid flavor. Universally, I think are pretty much universally loved. Uh, just that flavor of a lot of different kinds of candies. You know, it's like if you have a candy um, and it's watermelon flavor, I mean, you could think of like, uh, you know, I, I don't know what other candy, I guess like uh, Starburst, I guess. I don't even know if that's, no, that's not even watermelon. Never mind. Anyway, watermelon's my number three. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with the Apple Jolly Rancher. Um, and it's another flavor where if I'm thinking of candy and I see like an apple or a sour apple, flavor of candy i'm usually going to opt for that unless i have the number one option available which uh you know my favorite jolly rancher which is the blue raspberry jolly rancher blue raspberry as i mentioned before the podcast is just such an amazing uh flavor in general you i mean you could think about like with when you go and get like uh i don't know say it uh like an icy or a slushy at like a, a state fair or if you're at like a county uh whatever it is like blue raspberry slushies blue raspberry jolly ranchers uh, blue raspberry anything is always good so that's uh my number one jolly rancher gotcha very interesting so i i think i only have one on my list that your list here so here's the, my my little spiel about jolly ranchers there's really only two of them that i like that i would go and reach for now saying that there's a lot of them i haven't had i have i've been talked to these guys about blue raspberry stuff uh, you know, we talked about Dum Dums before this and Jolly Ranchers now. Blue Raspberry is supposedly very good. I haven't had a Blue Raspberry Jolly Rancher. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it buck. I don't remember having a Blue Raspberry Jolly Rancher. So my, my list might not be the best one, but here would be my list. My number three, I got to go with the Strawberry Jolly Rancher. Um, it's not my favorite. I'm not reaching for it necessarily, but I do like it. The top two, I do like a lot. I would reach for these. Um, and I think I'm going to pull this. This is going to be my first ever tie. At number one, I, I cannot put one above the other. I'm gonna have them tied, and that is the cherry and grape Jolly Rancher. Now, maybe I'm weird, maybe these ones are terrible flavors, but you know what? I like them a lot. I, I really like them. And the thing is, is like even down to Skittles, I like the, the cherry and the grape ones the best. And actually, combined together are really, really good. So, tied at number one, I gotta go with cherry and grape Jolly Ranchers. Ben, what would be your top three favorite Jolly Ranchers? Okay, Brandon. So it, that might is are we making some history here? Is that the first time we've ever had? I think a tie I think that's some history. Ranked? It's it's a little bit of history. Okay, well, a little bit of a historic day here on the Small Bar Podcast, and because I'm gonna make some more history, I believe Ooh. this is the first time we've ever had people that have this exact same three in the exact same order. Because I agree with Trevor 100. I have the oh. same exact three as Trevor. I think watermelon's three, green apples two, and I think blue raspberry is a clear number one. I think blue raspberry, like Trevor said, is 
it's a good flavor in really any type of candy, but I do think with Jolly Ranchers, if I had to, you know, eat only one Jolly Rancher for the rest of my life, I would definitely pick Blue Raspberry. So, I, Trevor, I guess we're one in the same today because I completely agree with everything you said. So, um, I think we've had some. I think this has been a historic day for randomly ranked here on the uh, on the Small Baller podcast. We're gonna have to one day, which we've been talking about about streaming some stuff like this, where we try different foods and rank them and stuff, which I think is a great all Trevor's idea. I don't want to take credit for any of that. But we might have to do a Jolly Rancher little test. Cause, I mean, you guys, this is, there's a lot of history made on today's Randomly Ranked uh, in all three of our rankings. So very, very interesting. Uh, Trevor, you got any thoughts on the history that was just made? Yeah, I mean, Ben, you know, I love to hear it. I appreciate that, that you know, we can be lockstep on this one. Yeah. And, uh, Brandon, your, your takes weren't quite as good. I don't, I don't know about a cherry or a grape Jolly Rancher. Uh, they're still all right, but, you know. I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. I, I, I'm not a huge Jolly Rancher fan. I'm not, like I said, I'm not reaching for them, and I have not had a lot of flavors. So, like I said, my list was not going to be the best. But I, I might have to try the three ones that you guys laid out, watermelon, apple, and blue raspberry. That, that might have to be done on stream or something. Um, so everyone should go follow my stream, twitch.tv backslash Ravens. Just want to, you know, one more shameless plug in there. But let's get to the main part of the episode today uh, and get into a little bit of NBA topics. Um, so, of course, Trevor, I want to start off. Where are we standing? We're at the All-Star break. Or basically at the, yeah, we are at the All-Star break, right? Yep. Today's the first day. Yes, sir. So we're at the All-Star break. Um, so, Trevor, I want to I wanna run down. Where do we stand on some of the awards um, and teams that you know we might be able to say are probably not going to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, so we're basically at the halfway point. A lot of these teams, you know, 72-game season, a lot of these teams are right around that 36-game mark. Um, so, you know, very interesting. Right now um, in the Eastern Conference, we have the Philadelphia 76ers who are still sitting at the top at 24-12, and 12, slightly edging out the Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks, uh, and 2-3. and three. And then in the West, we have the Jazz who still maintain the one seed. But the Phoenix Suns have now climbed to the two-seat above the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, followed closely by the L.A. Clippers at the four-seat. So some interesting uh, things there. I think first off, I'm going to go back to the MVP race because I always love uh, just talking about the MVP race, thinking about uh, you know who is playing the best right now in basketball. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, um, so it, it'll be quicker uh, this time. But I think Embiid is still at the top. Uh, he's just been incredible this year, the best team in the East. And he is averaging uh, about 30 and 12, 30 points, 12 rebounds uh, from the field. Um, he's just been a very um, just dominant player. He has a player or he has a PER of about 31, which is it looks like only beaten by Nikola Jokic, who that's who I would probably lean towards as being second in the MVP race. Jokic also putting up amazing uh, numbers. Now, in past years with Nikola Jokic, he's always had, like, um, solid numbers. He's always had, like, high rebounds, high assists. But now his points have actually taken a jump. You know, Jokic, I think, throughout his career, averages around 22, 20, 21 points, something like that. He's averaging about 27 points. So a jump there for Jokic. Um, he is in the, you know, the, in contention now. The only issue with you know, him is that the Denver Nuggets aren't quite as good as the 76ers. They're the sixth seed in the West. Um, so a little bit behind him on that. You have LeBron, who is still in the mix, although with Anthony Davis out, the Lakers have suffered a little bit. Um, in their last 10, they're actually 3-7. and seven. So not great there uh, without Anthony Davis. The Lakers not, not playing quite as well. But LeBron, at age 36, has actually been very good um, as a defensive player. Uh, the Lakers, very good defensive team. And LeBron... He's anchoring that defense, um, you know, now with Anthony Davis out. So 
definitely got to mention LeBron. He's always in contention, obviously. Then you have uh, three guards in Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, and uh, Luka, all in contention as well. Amazing stats. And then Giannis. Now, Giannis, we've talked about before, voter fatigue. He's probably not getting it. However, he's, again, he's putting up 29 and 12 and, like, six assists. So his numbers, honestly, are almost as good as Embiid's, if not just as good. Um, the team's not quite as good as uh, the 76ers, but Giannis, I think he's in contention too, and he should be talked about a little bit more. Um, so that's just you know some of my MVP thoughts. Um, ben, wh- what do you think about the MVP race so far? Do you think that you know is any one of these players? Are you surprised to see that like Embiid is the favorite right now? Or are you surprised about any of these other players that I've mentioned? So here's what I'll say, and this is what I was thinking while you were talking, Trevor. I'm glad you asked me this. I, I agree with you. I think at the moment, if I had to pick an MVP, I'd pick Joel Embiid. Um, and again, I, I I made this when we talked about this a few weeks ago. I said LeBron could be at every year. We know this. Um, he's you know looked at a little bit differently. He I think he has to play extra well, extra you know above his standards to win something like an MVP. And I just really don't see it happening at this point in his career. But I am in, I am surprised to see Joel Embiid leading this category for the sole reason of. In today's world of basketball and, you know, the Steph Curry's effect on basketball, it's kind of cool to see a center have the season that he's having and, and kind of lead this MVP conversation. Um, because while Joel Embiid, I mean, in today's basketball, you have to be able to shoot from all over. And he can he can shoot the three. We've talked about that. But he is kind of a true center. And the closest thing to a true center that you can get in today's basketball, in my opinion, because he's big. He's got, you know, nice post moves down low. He's got good fo- footwork down low. Um, so it, it's surprising to see him just for the sole fact of in today's basketball to see somebody that big and that primarily does a lot of his work from down low. Um, it's just cool to see somebody that's listed as a center lead the conversation like that because for the last you know four, five, six, maybe even seven years in the NBA, we've seen you know the MVP winners and the best players in the league have been players that can score from all over that typically drive to the hoop like a Russell Westbrook. Um, so it, it is cool to see Joel Embiid as a center, as a big man, lead this conversation with you know the best players in the world. Yeah, definitely. And then you know some of the other awards that we're looking at. I'm just going to move through a couple of these quickly. We have Rookie of the Year right now. Lamelo is a pretty heavy favorite, actually, which um, you know not a little bit of a surprise to me. I, I do have to admit I didn't know if I quite saw that. I think he has exceeded my expectations. Um, he is averaging about 16 points per game, six rebounds, and six assists. So, doing a little bit of everything. We know, you know, the defensive stuff. That's that's one of the main parts of his game where he needs to improve his shooting as well. Although his shooting has been pretty good, actually. You know, from three, he's shooting about 38%. Which, if you had told me that Lamelo Ball is shooting 38% from three. I would have been pretty surprised. I, I didn't really see that coming um, in his rookie year, so good to see there. And the Hornets right now are actually in a playoff spot. They're the seventh seed at 17-18, so Lamella Ball, he's the favorite. Behind him, you have Tyrese Halliburton, um, and then maybe like an Emmanuel Quickly and Anthony Edwards, but Lamella, pretty heavy favorite there. Defensive player of the year. Um, I think, I, I haven't looked too much into this, but I think the favorite is probably either Ben Simmons or Rudy Gobert. I think I would lean Ben Simmons, but it's very close um, there. So those are just some of the awards one to go over. We'll talk more about that as we get uh, near the end of the season. And then also, um, you know, we kind of talked about, like, our biggest surprises and biggest disappointments earlier. Just want to take a quick, like, review on that. And my biggest surprise, it's got to be the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks, 
They are 19 and 18. They're the five seed. Obviously, Julius Randle has had this incredible season so far. He's an all-star, rightfully so. And the Knicks, uh, they're definitely my biggest surprise. Now, my biggest disappointment, um, earlier I said it, earlier, I think a couple weeks ago, I said it was the Wizards. They have kind of made a little bit of a resurgence. They're now at 14 and 20, which still isn't quite what I you know wanted to see, but not quite as bad as before. I think another disappointment, I guess that I can go with would probably have to be the Pelicans, um, just because of all that talent they have. You got Zion, you got Brandon Ingram, uh, Lonzo Ball, you know Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams. I mean, I would have thought that the Pelicans would be better than they are. They are 15 and 21, um, and they are not in the playoffs currently. So that they would probably now be my biggest disappointment. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Do you have any thoughts on uh, any of the awards that I went over? What, what about Lamelo? What do you have any thoughts on Lamelo um, that, that you would like to mention? You know, I I think I'm I'm very interested to see the arc of Lamelo's career because I think people compare him very often to his brother, and I I think they're such different players. I don't really think they're that comparable. Uh, Lonzo to me really doesn't have a lot of an offensive game. He can pass really well, but he really doesn't have any sort of, you know, great shooting ability. Uh, he's not this, you know, fabulous driver to the hoop. Um, he's best with the, you know, controlling the field. He does a good job at that, and he's a good defender. I think, actually, Lamelo, the one thing he could do, which would make his game so great, so great, would really improve his three-point shooting. And to me, I see his ceiling being more like Luka Doncic. So I'm interested to see in a year or two, how do we look back on this season? Is this rookie season kind of fluky? Or is it more of what we are expected to see, you know, more to come? And I, I based on how he is and the team he's on, I, I expect to see him do even better. So I think in terms of, you know, rookie of the year talks, he's more than deserving of it. Obviously, this rookie class collectively was not supposed to be nearly as impressive. We see Anthony Edwards not, you know, excelling like some people thought he would be. So, you know, I think rightfully so, you know, he should be in the talks. Uh, for Rookie of the Year, and he's had a very good season. Yeah, and, one, and speaking of Anthony Edwards, one of those people would be probably me because I thought he should be the number one pick, and I expected him to be the Rookie of the Year. Um, but but nevertheless, we all get uh, some things wrong. Uh, the last quick thing I wanted to mention on the NBA is the officiating. We have had some, you know, these games late that obviously in the past we've had, like, these review calls that take five, ten minutes when they're looking at, like, oh, like, you know, if, if the whose hand the ball went out of bounds on or whether it was a, you know, I, I don't know, whatever the call is. The, we've had those issues where the reviews seem to have, like, taken over the game in the last two minutes uh, where they take forever. That's an issue. But then we just have a general issue with uh, some of these foul calls and the officiating late in games, like with the Jazz and 76ers when, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell was ejected. Um, really, I, I don't know why. I mean, he, I, maybe he was talking a little bit back to the ref, but he got ejected. He was upset about a offensive foul that they called on him when uh, he was driving uh, to the rim and ben, ben Simmons kind of like, I think, hooked his arm and they called an offensive foul on Mitchell. It was clearly, clearly the wrong call. Um, seemed like he got upset about that one and some others. We've also seen like some instances where uh, there's like a, a whistle, a dead ball, and a player will just like bounce the ball or like underhand like roll the ball to the ref and they'll get like ejected for that. We saw J.J. Reich get, I think, thrown out of a game for like just simply like doing a like a spin toss where he's like 
And, and the reason you do the spin toss is because, like, another player is, like, in the way. So you, like, spin it so it can curve around and get to the ref. That's what J.J. Reddick did, and they threw him out. Um, so we've seen, we've seen some weird things with the refs this season. I think it, it needs to change. Obviously, when players speak bad about the refs, they get fined. Um, but, you know, if the officials are doing a bad job, I mean, they need to be held accountable. Like, yes... It's very difficult to be a, a ref. I mean, I experienced that when I was in, you know, in college, refing some of these, uh, you know, like rec league games. It wasn't fun mm-hmm. uh, being a ref. Very I comparable. Yeah, not <laughs> very comparable. Exactly. Hey, yeah. But uh, you got you got you got fraternity brothers uh, shouting at you versus NBA players. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. But uh, nevertheless, the fishing's been a little bit of an issue. So hopefully they can, uh, you know, get that fixed. Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, officials have always been questionable in the past, so hopefully I, I see it being fixed. I don't see this being a continuing issue. Let's move to kind of our last major topic today, which is college basketball. Um, and we're going to start off in the Big Ten. And, boys, the Big Ten is a very good basketball league. I mean, very, very, very good. And we've had a lot of interesting games recently. We saw Michigan losing to Illinois without Io DeSumo uh, by, like, 20. Um, we just saw Illinois beat... Ohio State. I mean, we have like seven or eight really good college basketball teams in the Big Ten. So, Trevor, I, I want to throw this off to you and go over a couple of the past games, what you're seeing, who you think is going to come out of the Big Ten. Yeah, so, you know, you have the two really good conferences, and we're, we'll talk about the Big 12 after this, but the Big Ten, yep. they are supposed to have the most bids right now. It looks like, you know, Lenardi and some of the other uh, you know, experts are saying that the Big Ten is going to get nine teams in, which is a lot. It's pretty pretty crazy to get nine teams from your conference in. Um, but it, that's what it looks like right now. Um, and then you also have six of those teams who currently are in the top 25 um, as it stands. Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State, Purdue, and Wisconsin all in the top 25. Um, and then you have four of those in the top 10. I think um, I would still lean toward Michigan being the best. I know Illinois did just beat them. They beat them by, I think, 23 points. It was a dominant game. But, I, you know, college basketball is just such a weird sport. You know, there's a lot of uh, randomness that, that is added. Um, and I think at any point, one of these best teams can lose a game. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that the other team is better than them. Um, maybe it was just a, a good matchup for Illinois, I think. Um, I still think Michigan is the best team. That's the team that I would lean toward if I'm like saying which Big Ten team has the best shot of, mm-hmm. you know, finally uh, getting back to a championship. Obviously, the Big Ten hasn't had a team win a championship since 2000, I believe. Michigan State was the last Big Ten team to win a championship. So maybe Michigan will be the team to end that, uh, you know, I, I don't know what you would call it, not, not a curse. But nevertheless, I think Michigan's the best um, Illinois, they're they're a very formidable team. Iodesumo is now back. Um, hopefully, he's you know going to get back to 100% soon. They have some other good players as well. Um, you know, just a really well-run time. We talked about Iowa and like some of their defensive issues, but offensively, they're like uh, you know a really great shooting team. They have Luca Garza. Uh, Ohio State, Ohio State. It, it's harder for me to see Ohio State just because. You know, the way they've ended games recently has been kind of concerning. I still think they have a shot, but I'm a little concerned by the way Ohio State ends the games. And also, they don't, like, they're just kind of small. Like, if you get any, like, really good center, they're just going to destroy Ohio State on the boards, uh, in the paint. 
Like, yeah, Caleb Weston's a really good player, but he can't guard, like, a, a Kofi Coburn or a Hunter Dickinson. He just can't. Like, uh, Caleb Weston, he's great, but I, I think that's going to be one of those issues there So with Ohio State. So I still think they're good. They'll still at least win a couple games, but it's a little bit harder for me to see Ohio State. And then Purdue, Wisconsin, I haven't seen quite as much from those teams yet. I'm looking forward to seeing more of those in the Big Ten. But I think Michigan followed by Illinois and Iowa right now in the Big Ten for me. I think kind of the biggest thing, like what you talk about with Ohio State, is very interesting. Because I think in the tournament, they could get a really good draw where they're playing some smaller teams, and they could go pretty deep by not having to play a big man. Now, you know, maybe that doesn't happen, and I'd say luck would definitely have to be on their side, but they're one of those teams that I think could get hot and do really, really well in the tournament. And there's a lot of those teams in the Big Ten. Michigan, Illinois, Iowa are very, very solid teams that I I could see going pretty far, especially Michigan and Illinois. Illinois seems to be really, really solid to me. I I wouldn't necessarily bet against my Wolverines uh, in at least the Big Ten tournament, but I I think Illinois is going to put up a good fight if they have to play again. Uh, Ben, any final thoughts on the Big Ten before we move on? I mean, we've talked about it, and you guys have mentioned it. The Big Ten is an amazing basketball conference. We know this. Um, and obviously, rightfully so, Michigan should be the favorite to win because at the moment Michigan is probably the best team. But I do think Iowa has a good chance. I think Illinois has a good chance. And I even think if if I had to pick a team that's not you know the, the four teams that we've talked about the most of the Big Ten, whether the, the three I just mentioned or Ohio State even, I do think – Wisconsin is still a good team, and again, they haven't had yeah. the season that I think they wanted to preseason top 25. They've kind of been in that 15 to 25 range. Um, but again, a lot of that is because they're losing to these teams like Michigan, like Iowa, like Illinois, like Ohio State, right? They're losing to good teams. It's not like they're a bad team. So I do think if I had to pick a team um, to win the the conference tournament and make some noise in, in the uh, NCAA tournament, I, I do think I had to go with, with Wisconsin just – as a team that's not one of those major teams because Wisconsin is a good team. We know what they're capable of. They have a great coach. Um, they have a good program. And I, I do think that they still are capable of, of playing good basketball, and we've seen that. It's just the fact that they're in you know, one of the two toughest conferences in college basketball. So um, I do think Wisconsin is an, an interesting story, and I'm very intrigued to watch them in this conference tournament and in, in the, in the uh, NCAA tournament because they've been battle-tested all year in the Big Ten, and I do think that will show um, come this, this postseason. So, Trevor, here's here's my question for you. You know, we're going to go over to the Big 12 and talk a little bit. This is obviously where your Mountaineers reside um, in this conference. What conference well, – first, give us a little bit of a rundown of the Big 12 and the current state of it. Obviously, Baylor's on top. They're, they're great. Um, but I want to hear your perspective. What, what is the better conference, the Big 12 or Big 10 at the moment? It's so it's so tough. I, I don't know if I can actually give you an answer. So here's the thing. Like, the Big 10 has – the Big Ten has more teams in the conference, just outright. They have 14 uh, versus the Big 12, which has 5, 6, 7. They have 10, it looks like, which is, is weird that the Big Ten has 14 teams. The Big 12, I think, has 10 teams. But nevertheless, I think – so the Big Ten has nine teams getting in the tournament, probably. Unless – I mean, Michigan State's on the bubble. They might fall out. might be eight. Um, but they have nine currently. Big 12 has seven. Um, if you just compare, like, the top seven of the Big 12 to the top seven – of the Big Ten, I think the top seven of the Big 12 is a little bit better than the top seven of the Big Ten. But then the Big Ten has those other two teams. So I don't know. I, I'm i starting to lean more toward the Big 12, to be honest with you, if I, if I like if you make me answer. Just because like I, I really like some of these teams, like a, like a Texas. I think Texas 
could certainly make a Final Four run. I, I just have thought they're, they've been very good all year. Uh, you know, they have a strong, like, front court, Jericho Sims. They have a really good back court. Uh, they can make threes. They're athletic. I think they're really good. Oklahoma, I've watched them a few times. They've, you know, dropped some of these games lately, but I think they're solid. Oklahoma State has been very impressive. I, I'm surprised at how good Oklahoma State was. They just beat West Virginia yesterday without Cade Cunningham. So, uh, you know, in West Virginia, they're still in the mix as well. Baylor, um, the best team, and then and then Kansas, who, you know, they've been up and down. But I I think I would honestly lean toward the Big 12 uh, to answer your question, but it's so close. I think you can go either way. So, Ben, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the same question to you. Would you agree that the Big 12 is better than the Big 10, or do you think the Big 10, you know, having all those top 10 teams, you know, takes the cake between the two conferences? So... And this is so interesting because it's so tough. And again, they're yeah. both amazing conferences. And even you know, earlier this year, I said the Big Ten's probably the best conference. Um, and again, I don't. It's so tough, and I, I don't think there's necessarily a right and a wrong answer. But looking at the Big Twelve, I mean, you have teams like Trevor said, like a Texas Tech, like an Oklahoma. I mean, in the Big Twelve, they're like sixth, seventh in the Big Twelve. I mean, that's the bottom half of that conference. But Texas Tech's a great basketball team. Oklahoma is ranked for. A decent amount of time this year um so i kind of i think at the moment i'm probably gonna have to agree with trevor i think i would take the big 12 um but again and the the big 10 has more teams it's got four more teams so if you look at it top to bottom i think you can make an argument that the big 10 is deeper but again they have more to offer um even the big 10 you have michigan state who is at towards the bottom of the big 10 they're not a terrible team they're not a good team they're definitely not up to their standards but they're not bad i mean they're on the bubble at this point but again the big 12 i, I just think the big 12 is is so it's so good and the fact that you have a team like a texas tech like an oklahoma that are sixth seventh maybe even eighth in the conference is just crazy to me and it shows how good those top teams are um in the big 12 because i mean west virginia is third right now trevor and obviously i don't know nearly as much about west virginia as you but west virginia is a really good basketball team they got a really good player miles mcbride um and i mean the teams that they're they're below are just amazing in Kansas and, and West Virginia, or I can't, excuse me, Kansas and Baylor. So I think at the moment I'd have to go with the Big 12. But again, ask me tomorrow, and I might say the Big 10. I really do think it's that close. It, they are really, really, I mean, just both conferences are so great. I feel like, you know, typically we have the ACC that just absolutely dominates. But this year, I feel like both of these conferences would be just good as any typical ACC year, if not better. Um, but Trevor, I'm going to throw this to you one more time. Any, any last thoughts before we kind of move on to some mid-majors? And some other teams. Yeah, I think the only last thing on the Big 12 is that I think in the Big 12, I think they have better guard play. And I think in the Big 10, it's better like front court play. Like you have Luca Garza, yeah, I agree. you have Kobe Coburn, you have Hunter Dickinson. Like those three yeah. bigs, um, like might be better than any bigs in the Big 12. I mean, they, like Mark Vital's been very good for Baylor. Dave McCormick's been better recently. Derek Culver's good. But I think those three bigs, um, yeah, so I think the front court better in Big Ten, guard play better in Big 12. Yeah, no, 100%. I, 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 I like that analysis a lot. So let's kind of move on here, Trevor. I know you wanted to talk about this Villanova-Creighton game that happened a couple days ago. Uh, number 10, Villanova beating Creighton 72-16. to Creighton's number 14 in the nation. Uh, and we obviously had a big injury in this game. So Trevor, what, what, some of your thoughts on this game. Yeah, so just wanted to go over this game quick because it's huge, um, you know, very unfortunate for Villanova because they did lose um, Colin Gillespie um, in this game. He got he went down. I think when Villanova had a big lead, and um, it, you know, it's been revealed that I think he has a torn uh, MCL. So you know, hopefully he can get better fast. Um, the good thing about this for Colin Gillespie is that 
you know, with this year being the strange year it is, seniors do actually have the option to come back for another season um, if they choose to, if, if that, um, you know, makes sense for them. So maybe a player like Colin, Colin Gillespie, who's probably not going to be drafted, I, I would think, um, maybe he decides, you know, he wants to come back and, unless he wants to just go over season play, which, you know, totally that would be understandable too. But I think that's the the shining light in this is that if he wants to, he, he has an opportunity to come back to play with Villanova. But um, overall, this year, you know, for the time being, this is a huge hit for Villanova. Um, he was their point guard. Now you have to rely more on guys like Justin Moore. Um, obviously, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, you know, in the front court is probably their best player. Um, but Gillespie does hurt. So Villanova, a team to me that already wasn't looking all that impressive, now loses, you know, their point guard. That's going to be a huge hit. And, um, you know, after he went out, Creighton made a run, almost came all the way back. They did still lose. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I think, I don't know, it's so weird. Neither of these teams really looked super impressive to me. Like, like I, I think the day before, I was watching Baylor-West Virginia. And, yes, like, Baylor-West Virginia, they're two top six teams. But I was, like, comparing. I was like, okay, Baylor-West Virginia, how do I feel about those two teams versus how I feel about Villanova and Creighton? I was just like... Baylor, West Virginia are clearly way better than either of these two teams. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit of an unfair comparison because Baylor and West Virginia are, you know, two incredible teams. But I don't know. I just I just left the game feeling a little unimpressed uh, by the two teams. The Big East, a little bit of a down year, I think, for the conference overall. Um, but, you know, just really unfortunate, I think, for Villanova this year. Yeah, and I, I completely understand. So let's kind of keep this moving on. Uh, and we have... Some something I've been wanting to talk about mid-major teams. You know, we obviously all went to mid-major colleges. So Trevor, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take this one again, and then Ben, I'm gonna throw it over to you. Um, what are what are some teams that you think are you know little diamonds in the roughs in these mid-major conferences, or teams that are gonna win their conference, that are gonna be one bid conferences, but are really really great teams that we'll see in the tournament. Yeah, so I'm gonna start off right away with the team who got the first automatic bid last night, and that's Moorhead State. Um, they pulled an upset on Belmont. Belmont, a team who, uh, just like throughout the years, I always like, and I've picked them to to upset teams like three or four times, probably in the past ten years, and they've done it at least once. Um, I've always liked Belmont, but Morehead State beats them, and Morehead State, uh, you know, it, it really wasn't close. Um, they kind of blew them out a little bit, and I was just surprised because I hadn't seen Morehead State play at all this year up until uh, yesterday. Um, but I was impressed. They have this freshman uh, big man that was really impressive. He put up a, a double-double with, you know, close to 30 points. I don't have the box score in front of me, but he was really good. Uh, they have some other really good athletes um, as well. They're a good shooting team, and they're really good defensively. I mean, Belmont, they were uh, held to not not as many points as they're normally uh, scoring. So Morehead State, a team I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm not sure what seed they're going to get. Probably a 13, maybe a 14. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see who they match up with. If it's, for instance, if they match up with Villanova, I think I'd pick Morehead State. Like, just straight up, I'd pick Morehead State to beat Villanova, for example. But they're a team I'm looking forward to. Another, um, not a team, actually just like, you know, the Atlantic 10 Championship is today. And really, either one of these teams I could see making a run. VCU, St. Bonaventure, I like both of these teams. I think the A-10 in general is a pretty strong conference. I like some of their teams. Um, you even got St. Louis who is uh, kind of on the bubble. Not sure if they'll get in now after their loss. Um, yesterday, St. Bonaventure, you have Davidson in there. So some good teams in the A-10. 
But I like both of these teams. I watched St. Bonaventure yesterday. They were impressive to me. And I, I plan on watching VCU again. I, I watched VCU earlier in the year, but I haven't caught up on them uh, lately. So I, I hope to, you know, watch this game. And I think both of those teams. Another team, you have Winthrop, who, you know, they're 22-1. and They're playing, um, actually, as we speak right now, they're playing in their championship game. If they win, that's a team potentially to watch out for. Another one, uh, the last one I have is going to be Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky, uh, they still have Charles Bass. He's still there. He was the five-star recruit. Uh, a couple years ago, I think he's now a junior, and he's averaging about 19 and 12, uh, very efficient score. Um, they also have some other good players, and they almost beat West Virginia back in, I think, November. So Western Kentucky, another team I'm watching out for uh, in the tournament, assuming that they get there. So those those would be just some of the, the quick teams that I, I would mention, watch out for as potential uh, upset candidates. Ben, to finish it off here, any A-10 teams? We got Dayton possibly making it. Well, they would need a lot to happen, but what do you well, think? <laughs> so I'll say this. One, uh, Dayton already lost. They already lost in the in the tournament. They lost to VCU. They're out. Um, and just to clarify, um, Trevor, and you didn't know this because it's weird this year, but actually the Atlantic 10 tournament, the finals have been set, but the game is not going to be played until a week from now, next Sunday. So what they did is um, the Atlantic 10 tournament, they started on Wednesday. They went Wednesday yeah. to Saturday with the semifinals being played yesterday. The matchup is now set between the one-seed Bonaventure and the two-seed VCU, but actually what they're going to do is they're going to keep their spot that they usually have at noon on Selection Sunday and have a week in between the semifinals and the championship. So the Atlantic 10 Tournament Championship will be next Sunday um, between VCU and St. Bonaventure. I hate VCU. Uh, that's no secret, so I'm, I will be rooting for St. Bonaventure in that game. There's two things I want to point out about uh, some mid-major basketball. I guess the third, I'm going to make this quick, and every time I say I'm going to make it quick, I always go long, but I'm, I promise you I will not <laughs> talk for 20 minutes here. Um the first thing is, and just in general, I, my mid-major conference tournaments are my favorite because these are teams that, I mean, their season comes down to three, four games in March in, the, in their conference tournament because, I mean, in most of these championship games when you had these small leagues, you're either winning the championship game or you're going home. I mean, there's, no, there's nothing else about that. So I love watching these championship games of these smaller teams because, really, their whole season's on the line, and you know, making the NCAA tournament for a team like that means everything. So it's so awesome to watch games like that. I want to give some credit to the Missouri Valley Conference because – um, and again, they're a good conference, but it, it worked out perfectly for them because Drake got the win they needed to. We have Drake and Loyola Chicago in the championship game. Um, and that's a too big lead because both those teams are going to make the NCAA tournament. So credit to Missouri Valley. Uh, it played out the way that that, that that conference needed it to because now that Drake got that win, I think that they will be in and Loyola Chicago is a, is a ranked team. So whoever wins that game, um, obviously they'll, they'll be in, but the other team I think will be in. Um, and the last thing I want to point out is today – the Atlantic Sun Championship is being played, and the only reason I'm talking about this is because Liberty is in that, and if you any, know anything about college basketball, you know that these past couple of years, Liberty has been a force to reckon with in the, in the NCAA tournament. They are, I mean, they are an amazing team. They are, they are not a mid-major when it comes to the NCAA tournament because they can win against pretty much anybody when it comes to the NCAA tournament. So they're, they're playing some scrubs from North Alabama. I expect Liberty to win. Um, that that game today, and I expect them to be in the in the uh, NCAA tournament. And as it is, every time they're in it, I I would not be surprised if they won a game or two in that tournament because Liberty is a great program. They've been good for seemingly the last four or five years. Um, so credit to Liberty and that program because they really have made some noise out of a school that you really don't hear a whole lot from, other than yeah, um, maybe 100%. football and definitely basketball. So to finish up the podcast today, boys. Um, Trevor, I'm going to let you do one more little segment here we got on the, uh, the agenda, uh, which is Bubble Watch. 
Uh, we got Duke on here. We got uh, the garbage team from Michigan and East Lansing on this list. Uh, who, in my, I've been so pleased to see their performance this year. It's been atrocious. Do you think these teams make it? Okay, so so Duke, first of all, I think is definitely out unless they win the ACC championship. Uh, they lost again to North Carolina. It wasn't really close yesterday. And and honestly, the, the I didn't even watch the game. I actually opted for the St. Bonaventure game because I was like, yeah, I I, I think North Carolina is probably going to beat them. Like it's I I'm not really that interested in this game. I know it's the best rivalry in college basketball, maybe the best rivalry in sports, um, but I'm not watching it. So I didn't watch the Duke UNC game. Duke got destroyed. Um, I did watch Duke a week ago, I believe, or they played Georgia Tech. I don't, it might not have been a week ago. It might have been less. But I watched them play Georgia Tech. They weren't very impressive. Um, and anytime I've seen Duke, they haven't looked very good. So they're not going to make it at this point. Um, I, I'm pretty sure of that. You know, some other teams, Michigan State, they're, right now it shows that they're last four in. Uh, Michigan State, they've been up and down. They have looked a little bit better recently. They beat Ohio State um, a little not, not too long ago. So you know, Michigan State, you know, maybe they do deserve to get in. I don't know. It's interesting. You have uh, the Mountain West, who has a couple teams here. You have Boise State, Colorado State. Um, that's going to be interesting. I haven't had the chance to see those teams play. I need to um, because I think that's really interesting. You don't hear a ton about the Mountain West. Um, and then, you know, we got a team like Xavier. I know a team Ben does not like at all. They're uh, the last yeah. team in right now. It's going to be interesting to see. But I, I'm hoping – you know, Ben talked about the the uh, the Missouri Valley, and even if Drake loses, I really hope they get in. I I don't know if they will. Um, in the past, the committee has sometimes you know left out some of these really good teams uh, from the you know smaller conferences. I just really hope Drake gets in. I want to see them in there. Um, I'm hoping it is a two beat two bid league, like Ben said. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, but I, I think we're going to wrap up the episode here for today, but we do have a minor announcement. This year, we're doing the first ever Small Ballers Tournament Challenge on ESPN. Um, so it's going to be one bracket. It's 100% free. It's just for fun. You don't have to pay any money. Uh, all three of us will definitely be doing it. We encourage everyone else to join us just to have a little bit of fun. The link will be in the description so you guys can go and join it and be ready for next Sunday. Next Sunday, we'll win their selection Sunday. Um, we get all the teams in, we'll all do our brackets, we'll have a lot of fun. And, you know, the winner, we'll probably give a shout-out to the winner. I mean, I'm on the podcast, so it'll be kind of weird to shout myself out, but that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, whoever whoever wins, you know, will definitely get a shout-out on the pod, which will be really, really neat. So yeah, the link is in the description. If you want to just look it up, it's on ESPN. Go to the Tournament Challenge and look up Small Ballers Challenge. It'll be there, but like I said, link in the description. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening today. We appreciate all the support we've gotten on this podcast. As always, go follow our Twitter account, at the Small Baller, or link in the description. Um, that's where you'll be able to see where all our podcasts go live. Uh, of course, this one is live 4 o'clock, 4 p.m. every single Sunday EST. Um, we have the 12th Row podcast, which will come out sometime this week, either Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not 100% sure, but of course, we will tweet it. And then we will have... Um, the Talk to the Bachelor on the 5 Seconds of Fame podcast, which will come out Tuesday at noon. So, of course, stay tuned for that if you are a Bachelor fan. With, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening today, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons!